If you're not getting paid to listen to podcasts, then frankly, you've been doing it wrong. I'm here to tell you about this fancy new app out there called PodCoin, where you actually earn coins, which translate into currency, or even charitable donations, if you so choose. And it's all accumulated based off the amount of time you put into listening to podcasts. Uh, and there are actually opportunities to earn double coins uh, when you listen to a featured podcast, like the Cheers to Comics podcast usually is. Uh, yeah, you earn double the coins there. And as if we're not doing enough for you to pad your pockets just for downloading the app... For first-time users, if you punch in the code COMICS, on behalf of Cheers to Comics Podcast and PodCoin, we're going to start you out, load you up with 300 coins right off the bat. So, start earning your rewards immediately. You cash those coins in for all types of good stuff. But you're going to have to find out what that stuff is all on your own, and you got to go download the app to do it. So, once again, that app is PodCoin. Do it. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Cheers to Comics podcast. I'm your host, Brian Wayne, and this is another segment of Trade Negotiations. Now, before you guys start jumping down my throats before I get started, I know... This is not a trade paperback, because the book just finished, and obviously, yeah, that's not how time works in comics. But, this is a mini-series that I've been following from the beginning, and I binge-read it, and I got through issue 5 thinking it was a five-part mini-series, and then with that cliffhanger, I thought, oh shit, I gotta wait another five weeks for the next issue. But alas, it has come, and the story that I'm talking about is Spider-Man Life Story. Now... What this is, is this is uh, as if Peter Parker were to, were to age through in real time. And, uh, yeah, I mean, and as told by Chip Zarsky, Mark Bagley, uh, John Dell, and Frank D'Amato all on the artistic team. And it's a mighty fine artistic team. That's for damn fucking sure. Uh, Zarsky does the covers of these six issues. And, yeah, I couldn't wait for it to come out and trade paperback to talk about it to you folks and uh yeah so i know it's a little bit out of format but still technically it would be a trade negotiation so with all that being said let's get on with that we're going to start out in the 60s we know spidey was spidey in 63 and so peter parker was he uh well he's a teenager at this point obviously and now we've we've got a little bit of a draft happening here, and that, essentially that is the the main plot line of this story is Peter Parker's torn as to whether or not he should help his fellow countrymen and join the draft, uh, and but he also knows that in doing so he would probably have to out his identity, which in turn could end up hurting the people that are close to him. So. Imagine the predicaments. So it starts out where, you know, um, Peter is in college. And uh, he's, he's walking with his old buddy Harry. And uh, his daddy, old rich-ass, dick-ass Norman, rolls up. And really is disregarding his son, Harry, as he would. And completely uh, just kind of tugging on the ego of uh, old Peter there. So you know, we could use a boy like you at Oscorp, I tell 
tell you what. And all of that good stuff. Uh, meanwhile, Sp uh, Peter realizes I'm white. And he's got to go to lab. Well, his lab partner is Gwen Stacy, and when he shows up, you know, and he's getting razzed a bit for, for being late, and you got to make it up to me with a drink. Well, Peter Parker, he broke his fuck, and he ain't going to wrestle Bonesaw to get the money. He's got to go sell some pictures, because that's what he does. He's a fucking photographer. You remember. Um... So, yeah, he goes up to, to old Joe jo J. Jonah Jameson, and he gets his typical, oh, this is bullshit, this is Spider-Man saving the day, and I need more pictures of Spider-Man being a menace. And these are bullshit. But still gets paid, and he's on his way to cash his little check, and he sees uh, old Iron Man out in Nam on the boob tube. And uh, Iron Man's already out there. He's helping his people. But he also realizes everybody knows, I mean, everybody knows Tony Stark's Iron Man, so he's, he's not really risking any secret identity anything or anything. And then we see an announcement from Captain America on the TV set, I'm going to go help too. And Peter thinks, well, shit, man, this guy fought in World War II, sat on ice for 20 years, and 20 years now, because it's real time, and now he's just going to go to Nam. I'm going to, yeah, that, well, why am I not doing that? By the way... Fucking, uh, he's, he's also on his way to, uh, to, to meet up with Gwen to get that drink that he owes her. And it's more than just a little, a little date. It's a, it's a little going away party for the not-so-friendly Flash Thompson. So, yeah, between the two, we get a, we get a little bit of a back and forth. Obviously, they're not friends and, you know, between the two. But, uh, Flash says something that kind of gets gets Peter a little motivated and you know he's, he says look I'm gonna be the bigger man I'm not gonna be a dick and a bully to you right now I'm gonna go off I'm gonna fight for my countrymen now that's what spider-man would do <laughs> and you know you can imagine the fucking gears turning in his head there so we get an apology between the two and uh, you know because Gwen flat out says this could be the last time you ever see this dude you know whether or not your friends at the moment he's not yeah, yeah maybe you shouldn't end it on that note, just in case there is that potential of a friendship down the road. Okay, so all that happens, they part ways, and uh, now Spider-Man, he's sitting at a bar. They're sitting at the bar having a drink, and gets called over by Norman, with his sneaky, villainous ass. Peter, come over and have a drink with me, as he says. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you think that you're going to get this this more uh, more of this ego build up between the two no it's it's really his spider or peter's spider senses flare off and norman goes look up there and he looks up and sees one of the pumpkin bombs from the green goblin he says i've got 20 of them hidden all around this bar and if you yeah you know don't obey then uh, yeah you'll survive i'll survive but all these motherfuckers are gonna die and, yeah, so Peter is inclined to follow Norman out back, where he is dressing up as the Green Goblin. And, uh, yeah, so you got, a, you got a bit of a battle now. And in the battle, uh, Peter's faced with this opportunity. And it looks like Norman's about to die. And he thinks, well, shit, Spider-Man, I, I should save this guy. But at the same time, he knows my fucking identity. Uh, what if I just walked away and, you know, he's let, let this 
billboard fall on him, he thinks very quickly. <laughs> but he goes, ah, nah, fuck it, me and my morals. So he saves the, or he steps under the billboard and he, um, but he's greeted with a bit of a surprise. Uh, Norman looks up and he's like, Spider-Man, what are you doing here? I don't know who I am and where I'm from and blah, blah, blah. So it's extremely coincidental and, you know, um, I, I can't think of the word, but to, to Peter's advantage that suddenly Norman has uh, come down with some amnesia. And uh, that's that's kind of what's going on from <laughs> from that point on. Nor Norman doesn't remember anything, but Peter still does, you know, uh, f make sure that ch far er, farts, ch files are charged <laughs> against him, despite his, you know, lack of recollection. He doesn't have any alibis, so, I don't know. So, well, Peter Parker swinging through being Spider-Man. He looks down and he sees Captain America knocking a couple of motherfuckers out. Some bad guys, some bank robbers, before he's heading off to Nam. And, uh, it looks like one of the robbers is going to shoot Cap in the back, but Spider-Man steps in and is web-slinging ways, slings the gun away, shield hits the robber, and bam. Then we get a, dialogue, a bit of dialogue between Cap and Spidey. And this is actually a pretty important part in the book. Where, I mean, Cap pretty much says, either way, you're you're going to be doing it. If you come off and fight in Nam, you're going to be... I keep saying Nam like I've been there. Vietnam. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, you'll definitely kick ass. You're, you're going to do your country a great a bit of good. But you're doing this city a whole lot of good. Look, you just saved Captain America, bro. That to me. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, either way, you're, you're, you're cool, man. And uh, that's... That's that's essentially what's happening here. We do get a cliffhanger at the end, though. Um, he's got to go back up and meet up with uh, Gwen, and he sees that uh, or she sees the Spider-Man outfit underneath his shirt as she's scolding him again. Oh man, that's good. That would have been a naggy ass fucking marriage, dude. <laughs> Peter got out easy. Sorry. Uh, then we go over to Nam, and where we see Captain being a badass and doing things that he's doing with oh, Peter Parker by his side. So yeah, no, it's a, a great concept. And uh, I thought it was told very well. And I'm glad that I kind of waited to binge read it all, despite I didn't get a binge read all of it together. I binge read the, the majority of it. But this, uh, this first issue taking place in the 60s, you know, I remember after I read this first issue, I thought, Jesus, man, with all the crazy shit that happens throughout the decades, who knows what Spidey's going to be you know, I mean, this sounds punny, but tangled up in, as far as, you know, current events, or past events, if you will. But, uh, yeah, no, it was a great concept, and I thought the first issue, taking place in the 60s, started out super strong. Fortunately for all of us, the next issue, taking place in the 70s, is equally as badass in its own way. So as we get started here in this next issue, we have a Peter Parker who is now married to a Gwen Stacy visiting the gravestone of a fallen Flash Thompson. So he has, in fact, died out in Vietnam. Uh, you can imagine the emotions that are circulating through poor little Peter's head. and Yeah, no, it's uh, just, just playing more part into the, the emotional storytelling going on throughout this. But meanwhile, n now Peter, he works with a couple of pretty... Uh, famous scientist, some real brainiacs, man. Uh, he's working with Otto Octavius and Reed Richards. And between the three of them, 
they're they're all debating on the uh, the effects of you know being a superhero throughout these wars and all this stuff and the damages and the repercussions and are they doing enough and blah blah blah. Peter's torn again, poor guy. Uh, meanwhile, we we flash over to uh, Harry Osborn visiting his daddy. Norman in prison, and you know, we get the usual berating of his son. There's obviously not a super loving relationship between the two, but Norman fills him in on a little bit of a secret, something pertaining to something called the Gemini Project, which we find out not long after what that probably is. So, yeah. At this point now, we got Peter. He's visiting Gwen at work, who is also a brainiac. She's working with Professor Warren. And there's a whole lot of praise going on throughout. The, the, the respect that Warren's giving Peter is, you know, yeah, he respects the young guy. Meanwhile, um, Peter, he is reluctant to have to go to some function that Mary Jane's holding. And this function is... Uh, the opening of her new discotheque. So, yeah, um, he arrives there and he realizes that, you know, maybe this relationship between her and uh, Harry, which they're now married, isn't so shiny after all. Harry's all strung out on the couch already before Peter even gets there. And, yeah, then you get a, a little bit of a uh, snarkiness and, uh, you know, pretty much out, uh, forces Mary, no, I wouldn't say forces, but calls for Mary Jane to call out Peter and say, hey, bitch, Spider-Man, yeah, I know it's you, you blah, 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 and, yeah, you, she lays this guilt trip on him, and, uh, meanwhile, Peter goes back to work, and we get even more, uh, just, animosity between all the scientists and mainly between Reed and Peter when he calls out Reed for his wife leaving him so yeah for it sounds like Namor so that's something right um yeah uh that that causes uh well yeah Peter to run out as he would I guess not really. I, I take that back. It's not like he, it's his normal thing to run away. But yeah, no, it's he he, he leaves that facility pretty much says I I quit after he gets slapped in the fucking face, and uh, yeah, from there he goes back to Professor Warren's lab to to see Gwen. But not long after, they're visited by the first appearance of a some black goblin. Yeah, and that would also be Harry. So that's. I'm assuming that's what this uh, um, Gemini initiative, or I mean Gemini project, is. Is Harry becoming the Black Goblin, or the Black Goblin is a part of this? Um, so yeah, no, he, he starts going after people. Spider-Man's got to step in. He starts throwing punches. Little pumpkin bombs start getting thrown. And uh, the, a wall blows up, and the secret room's exposed. And it gets a creepy. We see these uh, clone capsules. And these three clone capsules happen to be housing the clones of one Gwen Stacy, one Peter Parker, and one Norman Osborn. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> fucking crazy shit, right? Well, bums, the, the fight's not necessarily over. Uh, Norman, or Harry, calls out 
Peter rips off his mask. Ah, you're the one the whole time. That's the little secret that Norman lays down to Harry when he's in jail visiting. And, uh, yeah, so shit's still going down, bomb's still going off, um, and, uh, the clones are in trouble. Well, Gwen yells to Peter, hey, you gotta go save those clones. Well, like it or not, those, they're still living, breathing, whatever. Well, when Peter shows up, he sees that the only remaining clone, or the uh, living clone, or surviving clone, I should say, is his own. So, uh, at this point, Professor Warren freaks the fuck out. He's, Gwen! Gwen, oh my god! Well... Um, he, he says, look, you don't understand. I wanted Gwen all to myself. No substitutes. Well, what, what I'm saying is that that wife of yours is, is a clone. <laughs> and I held on to the actual Gwen. And that's the one that, uh, that's the one that died. That's some deep fucking shit, right? That's how Gwen Stacy dies in this? This, in this Chipsarsky life story universe? Oh, man. And we flash over a couple years further, uh, and while well, still in the 70s, we're in 1978. But at this point, the story gets gets a little weird, um, and maybe even possibly confusing. So we see a Mary Jane coming down, and she says, you know, sorry Peter couldn't come down. And talking to a obvious Gwen Stacy and a bearded shabbier looking Peter Parker and we realize that he is also a clone so I I'm these are the two clones that survived the Peter clone and the the Gwen clone or and it turns out the Gwen clone was the clone the one that <laughs> Parker was married to the whole time so he's a little torn about that and uh yeah so <clears throat> Um, they're now going as Ben and Helen Parker. That's what they're, they're, they're starting a new life as. And, yeah, it's, uh, some deep stuff. Meanwhile, you know, MJ, she's with Parker, or Peter again, and he's wallowing upstairs, and he's, he's not a happy guy. And, uh, he's, he's going on about how after, you know, her and Harry divorced, uh, you know, he's, uh, She's left with millions and millions of dollars. She's got nothing to worry about. And he is nothing. And then she comes up. She gives him a big old hug and says, Ah, that's not true, Tiger. And yeah. And then our, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's how it ends in the 70s for Parker. So it's kind of, it's been a depressing fucking life for him, man. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Not going to lie at all. I really did dig this issue. I dug the 70s and how that all played about. I like how they, they threw in the clone conspiracy thing. And from here, it just kind of makes you wonder what else they're going to throw out there. What other major Spider-Man events are going to play through this, uh, this Zarsky life story. And uh, that brings us to the third issue, which takes place in the 80s. And this is pretty big. Uh, this is a big timeline for old Peter Parker and his, his Spider-Man in ways. You guys are going to love how this stuff is introduced. Or the, yeah, let me just get on with it. So it starts out. Mary Jane and Peter, they are together. Mary Jane, she's pregnant with twins. She's given birth. But Peter, he's been out fighting a secret war. And, uh, and it's going to be the secret war. She's out in Battle World fucking shit up. And yeah. Uh, but throughout all of this, you know, he's, he hasn't been home a whole lot. <laughs> he's not allowed to really express what he's been doing. So, uh, 
MJ's been burdened while being pregnant to have to also take care of the 90-year-old Aunt May. And, uh, yeah, so while Parker's out in Battle World, he he's given the, the symbiote that Reed, Richards, and Thor, and Hulk have all come across. <laughs> and, yeah, he, he gets the Zapawa, the, the symbiote, and he makes his way back to New York. He, it's time to go spend some time with MJ, but... The thing is, is he's now got the black suit. You know, he's fucking... This is Venom being introduced, guys. This is the 80s. You know, this is when it all... Oh, so badass how he did this. This really is an awesome version of the, the Venom uh, origin. <laughs> so Pete comes home, he sees that the twins, they're born, they're healthy despite the complications, and... Yeah, seemingly all is well. So Pete, he goes back and he's talking to his mentor slash father figure in this this version of Pete's story and uh, that'd be Reed Richards and he, Reed explains to him dude check it out in the newspaper someone caught you know there's there's a mimic going around you know this 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 mimic version of you and this also black suit seemingly symbiotic symbiotic uh, he he kills the bad guys he does doesn't string them up and yeah he should go out and Fix that shit. And he says, well, maybe I should just have my black suit mimic my old red and blue. So, you know, fucking, I could be, we could be told apart better. I said, well, that's, that's one solution, I guess. So while Pete's out doing his thing, uh, he's, uh, um, encountered by, uh, the, the, the mimic. And it's not only then Craven. So not only are we getting the Venom suit in here, we're getting the Craven's last hunt as well. So fucking badass, right? Uh, and yeah, uh, Pete, he gets buried alive as he does. The symbiote, it comes out, or you know, it finds him, buries, goes down into the grave, picks it up, or er, picks it up, jeez, um, <laughs> bonds with him, and yeah, Venom is, uh, Venom is about. He goes down, he tracks down the, uh, the old Craven fucker, and yeah, calls him out, says, Craven, you's a bitch, you's powerless, blah, blah, blah. Um, MJ shows up with the, uh, the weapon that Pete had made for her, uh, as a just-in-case shit type of, uh, um, protocol in case this, you know, unknown weird alien suit did start creating some fuckery. So yeah, uh, she uses, which turns out to be a sonic blast gun, as it should be. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's how that whole thing ends. Uh, Pete, he's, you know, still got to deal with the, the, the pressures of being a daddy of twins and, uh, uh, you know, the husband of a wife that's just completely overburdened and stressed. And his, his senile aunt, who at one point in the story actually fucking disappears with the kids. You know, she just, you know, Aunt May just takes off with the kids and without saying a word and she's just found staring at a window and all the kids crying and shit so it's he's living a fucking really rough life you know and the reason why i wanted to keep the symbiote is because he still feels like he needs to uh he needs to be able to protect and he is aging in real time and it's getting harder for him to, to do it on his own just in his regular ass suit so that's that's was really the main gist of this whole third issue that takes place in the 80s but at the end we get an even darker type of ending where we, we go back to Craven and he says, Alright, he's the hunter now, I'm done. 
and he's had cancer this whole time, so that's kind of what is uh, um, leading him to do what he's doing at the, you know, when he's doing it, if that makes sense. And uh, yeah, he takes his he takes his rifle and he puts it in his mouth, and you see a shot of the uh, the symbiote wrapping around the gun, and then we see it just an all black panel. So yeah, according to the Sopranos, that means that he did. So it was a uh, gnarly man, gnarly, gnarly, gnarly in the eighties. I like how they did the Craven's Last Hunt, and they did the the Battle World slash Secret Wars type of thing, while still throwing in some very, very real life type of uh, you know, what would be happening with Peter type of scenarios. So once again, Zarsky's killing it halfway through. And that leads us to the next decade of Parker's life, the 90s. Our story takes place in 1995, and we are revisited by a Ben Riley. And he is visited by a very angry Otto Octavius, who is once again a very evil Dr. Octopus. So he has a, a need for Ben Riley, which we will get to in just a moment. But first we go back over to Peter Parker and he's in a meeting with Tony Stark. And it's not the friendliest of meetings. Uh, essentially Tony Stark, he's trying to to create a merger between, you know, the Stark Industries and Parker whatever it is. And yeah, no, Parker's not agreeing and Tony Stark he's pretty much saying, you well maybe I'll just fucking buy you out and absorb you anyways and blah blah blah. I'm Tony Stark bitch. And uh, from there we get we get a odd call, pretty much a booty call from Jessica Jones. Calls up and says, "Hey, what's up? What's uh? Well, when are we gonna knock them boots later?" And what this really is is an indication that Peter and Mary Jane aren't together anymore. And Peter looks at the, the photograph of Mary Jane and the kids and says, eh, "Not today, Jess. Sorry, yeah, I'm feeling kind of." And he goes back to being Spider-Man, and he's acknowledging the fact that it's just not all that great for him being Spider-Man anymore, but he feels like he has to do it. It's like an old man going to the gym. Not a whole lot of, uh, <laughs> he's not getting much out of it. But it's just part of what it is in order to maintain. So while he's out Spider-Manning, he is also visited by, once again, uh, Otto Octavius, Dr. Octopus. So after a pretty epic battle between the two of them, Spider-Man is eventually kind of gassed, and he's knocked out, and when he wakes up, he's he's in Oscorp, and Harry is being held captive and forced to be the assistant of Dr. Octopus. And Peter wakes up and sees that Ben Riley's right there, and we learn the whole motivation, motivation of Dr. Octopus behind all of this, and it's the fact that Peter Parker has kept... Uh, uh, Otto from actually getting to be with Aunt May like he always wanted. Aunt May's dead now. And, uh, yeah, no, he wants that opportunity back. And when he found out that there were, you know, clones running around and the Dr. Warren experiments and all of that, he thought, well, shit, all, the, all of the, the notes and everything were destroyed, but the only two remaining pieces from that whole clone conspiracy were Ben and Pete. So let's get these guys together, let's run some lab tests, and then, yeah. And while he's doing all that, he realizes that, oh shit, hold on, you've been the clone the whole time? So Pete is Ben, Ben is Pete, and we get a whole lot of confusion and angst between the two. Neither of them really know how to react. And, uh, yeah, um, now Ben, who's actually Pete, he attacks Otto. Oh, that's how he reacts. 
And Otto, he's he's getting ready to go in for the kill shot. And fucking Harry steps up. And yeah, he he takes the kill shot. Fucking yeah, no. Arm through the chest. He's dead. There ain't no coming back from that. And uh yeah, Otto gets away and now it's up to Pete to uh well, I guess before we get to, to that, he and Ben kinda make the agreement. You know, this is this is how we're gonna do it. You can it's everything you know about going back to the life that you lived. I've lived your life, you've lived mine. Now let's uh let's go back to the way things should actually be. And this is everything you need to know to to make that happen. So from there, Pete finds it uh relevant to go track down Norman Osborne and let him know about the death of his son and you know, that's an obvious awkward moment between the two of them and you know norman tries to kill him <laughs> and pete in the, in the classic fashion of the glider coming at pete when he's not looking but pete just catches it crutches it like he's a fucking uh, hulk and yeah that actually uh, <laughs> sparks a heart attack in old norman and that's how he goes out like a little old bitch just kidding and, uh, yeah, and then Pete, it's time for him to go back and live his, his ways, and he rolls up to MJ's house, and the kids run out to greet him, and he's got a tear in his eye, and, uh, not so, I mean, uh, it's hard to explain the, uh, the look on MJ's face there. She's definitely aged. <laughs> That's one way of explaining the look on her face, but other than that, I mean, you don't really understand what's happening out there other than Pete's you know, there to, to, to greet his kids, you don't necessarily know that they're reconciling, per se, so, yeah, no, that was, uh, that was Pete in the 90s, and I love how he still brought about the, uh, the clones conspiracy type of storyline a couple issues later, it's, so, Zarsky really is brilliant, and he did a, he's doing a great job with this, and, yeah, let's, let's keep this going. The next decade of this Spider-Man life story is the 2000s. And, uh, yeah, this this is really pertaining to the, the Civil War and the Registration Act. And it's going to be touching on the, the acquisition of uh, Parker Industries by Stark Industries and all of that good stuff. So let's get down into it. But it starts out with some death. <laughs> this This character, I believe it to be Morbius. They never actually come out and say the name in the uh uh in this issue but I, i'm pretty sure that's morbius and he's he's fighting with spider-man and at this point spider-man is ben because remember you know they all switch spots again and uh well the thing is this fight doesn't last long because he did he does die he dies real good and from there parker is faced with the decision on going back being Spider-Man again, and his grown daughter is trying to, to talk him into it, and yeah, well, Parker's just trying to live his best life, and he goes to run his company, and he's met by Stark again, and this time Stark has him by the balls, he found the loophole to be able to acquire Parker Industries, and that's the fact that he realizes that Peter Parker is in fact Spider-Man and according to the Registration Act any superhuman who is not registered 
uh, must forfeit all of their assets due to the possibility that they could have been acquired through superhuman acts. Yeah. Well, that's that's essentially what Tony's going down and uh, threatening, threatening him with. And he says, here's the deal. We're going to do it this way. Or you can register and, you know, maybe we could just team up and, yeah, you can be a good boy. Well, Parker still denies and he's faced with uh, a fight on his hands. And uh, he's, he's got essentially the, what do they call them, the U.S. Avengers, I think is what he calls them. We've got a war machine, a Black Widow, a She-Hulk, uh, uh, a Captain Marvel, all very futuristic costumes. And there's another character too. I don't can't make out who that is. But <laughs> it's it is what it is. And uh, yeah, while while all that's going about, meanwhile, this like I said, I want to believe it's Morbius character. He tracks down the Parker family. And, uh, you know, what we find out through all this is Parker has actually known this whole time that, you know, he's, he's got this, air quotes, spider curse on him, and this, uh, th this entity is, is after him, and will always be after him and his family, and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, just more Spider-Man in action. <laughs> well, he's after uh, the, the Parker family, and then we go back over to the fight between... Uh, Iron Man and the Avengers versus pretty much Spider-Man all on his lonesome, but he gets some help after a moment, and that's uh, Captain America and Hawkeye and Luke Cage and Brother Voodoo, and once again, another female character, I have no idea who the hell she is, but they all show up, because, you know, Cap and Tony, they ain't super friendly like during the Civil War, and uh, yeah, you can get a big battle there, and... While all that's happening, we go back to to Parker's kids. What are their names? Benji and damn it, I can't remember. But uh, yeah, no, they're actually taking on this this vampire motherfucker, this Morbius character. Like I said, I believe it's Morbius. Morbius, all on their own. And yeah, I'll be damned if he don't get kicked through fucking piece of shredded wood. Yeah. So it shows that the kids do in fact have powers. Well, that plays into uh, um, Captain's uh, little speech with Spider-Man at the end. After it's all said and done, Cap and Iron Man, you know, they part ways again, and you know, Iron Man or you know, Tony pretty much says, "I know, keep coming for you." And Cap confirms that, and he says, "Oh, Spider-Man, you've got kids, you say. Well, do they have powers?" And he says, "Yes." And he goes, "Well." Check it out, dude. Tony's gonna come after him. It's just a matter of time. And, uh, yeah. We just, but we just gotta keep living our best lives. So this, this issue right here taking place in the 2000s is touching on the, the, the Civil War and the Registration Act all in real time. And it's kinda cool to see all these heroes being shown aged and old and, like, they, they very much touch on their age quite a bit. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, the 2000s were awesome. And that really leads us into the sixth and final chapter of the Spider-Man life story, and that is the 2010s. And it jumps right to 2019. This is uh, essentially explaining the aftermath of the Civil War and all of that good stuff. Tony Stark is missing, and he's got some, some tech up in space that uh, Parker needs to get to. Parker is a very old man, and he has the help of uh, Miles Morales to... 
to go up into space and complete this mission. At this point in time, uh, most of uh, most of the heroes out there are dead. All of Peter's friends are dead. Everyone's old, dead. <laughs> so yeah, when they get to the space station, they're carrying out their mission. They are confronted by a venomous craven. So yes, on that one panel where it's showing the the black shot, presuming you know, showing the death, presumably of Craven, but also still also still seeing the symbiote wrap around the gun at the same time. Well, this explains all of that. So Craven's up in space. <laughs> He's just relentless to kill the old Spider-Man, and he is venomized as fuck. So Craven slash Venom, you get a fight there. But it, honestly, it really doesn't last long. Parker uses the sonic blast on his wrist and. Yeah, explosion, skull fragments and spines and symbiotes just flying all over the fucking place. It's a sweet panel, I'm not going to lie. Well then, we realize something very strange here. Uh, Parker gets the inclination that this Miles Morales isn't in fact Miles Morales. This is the body of Miles Morales, no doubt, but he's being puppeted by none other than Otto Octavius. And... Yeah, you get once again another battle. This is an action-packed book for sure. And uh, throughout this battle, Octavius he says, "You know what? Let's, let's I'm gonna beat you with my mind, motherfucker." And you uh, you actually go into this, you know, seeming seems like it's actually into his mind. You get an all-white type of uh, um, scenario. It's an aged Parker and Otto out in a nothingness, and along with that, it's a bunch of Spidey's rogue gallery all coming after him. And you see this really cool splash page montage of ass kicking and whatnot. And then throughout all of this, you see uh, Aunt May. She just appears. And we know at this point in time, it's really Otto Octavius's weakness and his, his drive behind all of this is the reason why he is evil is because Parker slash Spider-Man convinced may to to never be with him it's all his fault blah 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 so yeah that's what's going on there she goes up she gives him a little hug and next thing you know fucking back to reality and now at this point in time stark's doomsday pulse is fixing to go off and it's up to uh to peter to save it um otto is still in miles body but he's all knocked out so he's got to get him back to earth and of course, just like, you know, it's the only one parachute scenario. There's only one space pod out. So he puts Miles slash Otto all up in it and sends him out. And it's up to Parker. He's left up in space um, trying to hold off this, uh, this device from occurring. And then the last thing we see is, you know, you got Parker doing his classic... Spiderwebs all over the place trying to hold the, the situation together and it's not looking so great and then you see this giant symbiote come up and it helps so that's kind of a cool little yeah yeah I, I, I dug it and then he flashes over to his head and he's, he's back to his young Peter talking to a young Mary Jane and he's kind of assuring himself everything's going to be okay Otto's going to do the right thing when he gets back and yeah and cue the explosion. We go back to Earth. Miles is confronting a very, very old Otto Octavius. So their bodies have been unfreaky Friday. <laughs> and uh, 
from there we we see uh, MJ a conversation with MJ and and Miles and uh, he uh, he's handed a little box a gift from Mary Jane and when he opens it up he sees the old red and blue spider suit indicating his his deservingness to carry on as Spider-Man and you know that's that's essentially how it ends and we get this cool scenario to where we get that that very overplayed dream that Parker consistently has of reliving the the death and um, situation of you know, Uncle Ben dying, and the last thing we see is this time this recurring dream uh, is uh, instead of the the bad guy getting away, you see all thwip action coming out from Spider-Man as he's actually reacting to the scenario, and yeah, I thought it was a it was a really really cool way to end it. And uh, that what that you know that's that's the book that's the six issue that's the 2010s now who knows in 60 years um, when they perfect uh, anti-aging I want to see Chip Zarsky to give us uh, <laughs> another scenario but no it's that's it Spidey's dead um, seemingly that's what it looked like at least that yeah he's up in space explosion he ain't no astronaut yo but there was also a venom symbiote floating so i don't know what to make of that i thought it was all really cool i liked how this entire scenario like i've continued to say throughout this podcast has constantly touched on all of the major spider-man story arcs throughout uh his, his life and all put a unique and cool twist on it and it's all a very enjoyable story uh bagley and zarsky are a great team and then hennessy and damata also Helping out with the art, killing it, creating all the tones that we needed throughout this book. Very impressive. Uh, and with all that being said, I think we've we have ourselves a podcast. This has been trade negotiations. If there's something else out there, like a, a story arc, or you know, even if it's not completed in trade yet, uh, you know, let, let me know. Um, if it's not printed in trade yet, is what I mean to say. But if you can give me a complete story arc and you want to listen to it. Well, you know, I, I have an offer like that. You know, you could actually go to Patreon, and uh, Patreon supporters get top priority when it comes to those type of recommendations. So, remind you there, go to patreon.com, cheers to comics. Or you can also find me on Twitter, that's at cheers to comics. And, uh, yeah, um, let me know what you guys think, what, what, what you guys want to hear next. I know I still got some, some other stuff on deck, but, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm here to entertain y'all. So, let me know what you want to hear. Thank you so much, listeners. Once again, it's been a podcast. Y'all fuckers, read responsibly. Cheers.